0: Welcome to The Ropes. My name is Rave Bartholomew. I'm an editor at Grantland.com, and I'm here with my highly regarded friend from ESPN, the boxing editor, Brian Campbell. What's up, man?
1: Believe it. I'm, but we're back, dude. We're back. And we're back. You know, it feels good to of, be here,
0: man. I tell you, it
1: feels really it good. good. I'm telling you, look, boxing fans this week are kind of buzzed, and it's all because <laughs> Triple G Lemieux. Come on, it's fight week, Rafe. You throwing hands or uh, what? Are you serious? Are you serious, is Brian? Just, Brian. I mean, oh man, I'm fired up. You know what's weird about this? Let's just, I mean, let's just slide right into your into Triple G's DMs on this. I've never had a fight. Feels so exciting, yet I'm pretty sure I'm I, I know how it's going to play out. Yet it just feels old school. It feels '80s. It feels like two men are just going to collide. It just feels manly, right? Was that too much man in that? In that
0: I, I, breakdown? Look, what well, we've we've talked to David Lemieux. We know we have a on this show. We have a we have some experience with uh, just how much man he is. Uh, if we, and, and plus, with all you know, I mean, fight fans seeing the ring, sure, yeah, it feels it feels like a big deal. I was actually going to say that. I kind of have almost always have that feeling about uh, Triple G fights. I mean, he's you know he's once I saw him the, that first U.S. fight against you know Jegor Sproxa, oh, yeah. oh, I mean, yeah. I was on board even even for some of the more ridiculous mismatches we've seen over the uh, years. Well, we're
1: going to get into that in one second. Let's just uh, set the yeah. stage. Saturday officially is Gennady Golovkin, David Lemieux, the middleweight unification bout, Madison Square Garden in New York, HBO pay per view. The first pay per view main slot appearance here for. Gennady Golovkin. Big fight. We're going to have King Gabe Rosado on, the middleweight contender and actor, BKB champion. Fought both guys, presented themselves well against both guys. Rafe should be a good chat to really get the inside on how this fight might break down
0: without a doubt. And uh you know, I think we're we're going to kind of drop the uh a little bit of the the formality of being boxing, you know, experts in your case and myself just kind of a guy who's lucky enough to write about boxing when I'm not doing the rest of my job. Um uh and and, and kind of out ourselves is just like Total unrepentant triple G fanboys. Cause I mean, that's that's. I'm excited about this man. I love. I love this when his performances. That's what's bringing people. That's why the garden sold fifteen thousand tickets or something in in you know the first week or first however long, maybe even less. Uh, You know, like he he's got buzz, and I, I don't mind. I think it's it's warranted.
1: Dude, tip up your cup and throw your hands up. That's why I made that mention about boxing fans. Like, it's like we're just drunk this week on what a guy like Triple G brings. And that's just guaranteed excitement, you know, whether he's in there in a, in a no-brainer wipeout or in this one, which has the potential to maybe be his toughest test because he's going in there against a guy with power. You love what Triple G represents, how he's sort of bringing Slowly bringing that fun, casual fan back into it. And I think it's sort of uh, sometimes dependent on who's ahead, who is at the top of the food chain in a boxing era. Mm-hmm. We're transitioning away from the Mayweather era, where if styles make fights and styles make fans and styles make memories, Mayweather fights don't play out excitingly. When you have a guy at the top of the food chain, we don't know if this is going to be Golovkin's era right now. The, the signs are pointing that it could be. This is his first chance on pay-per-view. But if he's going to be at the top of this food chain and give you really exciting fights and you know what you're going to get, no matter what. It makes boxing fans, I would think, a little bit happier, a little bit more excited, because no matter what, with boxing shenanigans, in the bottom line, you're going to see some action. You're going to see some fun. That's what we know we're getting this week because of the matchup. But I think Triple G is a big part of where this movement is going. And if you look at the top of the sport, we got guys like Kovalev. We got a lot of fun guys right now. You know, Chocolatito on the undercard on Saturday. Boxing's going in a good direction. This fight might be a kickoff party for that. Am I putting too much on it? Come I mean, on, guy. I'm,
0: I, dude, I, I'm 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 preaching. To the choir, man, Preach or you crap, are man. preaching to the choir. I'm the choir. You're you're my pastor right now. I you know I've been on board this you know triple G gravy train by, just since the beginning. You know I was lucky enough to be at, at, at one at his first fight in uh, in upstate New York here in the United States, and and since then I was sold, and and sort of that kind of helps set up the way how we're gonna sort of. Look back at his journey from September 2012, when he made that U.S. debut on HBO, to now when he's making his first pay-per-view fight on HBO pay-per-view. With sort of a, a sort of a fun scale to to look back at the highs and lows and everything, and, and sort of the funny moments, the the the, the great uh, performances, and everything else in between. Uh, we came up with a scale that is good, great, and Gennady. And Triple of course, G, there it is. Triple G, Gennady being the highest level on that scale. So, you know, we're going to throw out a category and start batting back ideas on uh, the good, great, and Gennady of that. So, started off. Tell me, Brian, what uh, the good version, the good uh, version of Golovkin's most memorable performance for you?
1: For me, the good was, uh, a fight that really escalated his, oh my God, this guy's fun and this guy's for real and this guy's different and this guy's special, which was that fight with Gabe Rosado at the theater at Madison Square Garden early 2013. Just sort of the elements that were involved that, that Gennady mm-hmm. is coming in there with uh, with the kind of flu that may have caused the fight to, to be canceled, you know, uh, uh, for certain fighters. He wanted to fight through that. So he wasn't at top level, but he comes in there with the white leather gloves <laughs> against a guy. Didn't Gabe not down like that. <laughs> who tends to bleed. He ended up being in a tougher fight than probably he thought. He ends up celebrating after the stoppage with blood on his gloves. A lot of fun moments happened in between in the corner of Rosado. That, to me, was the good Gennady performance where you, you go, wow, this guy's brutal, this guy's nasty, yet he's smiling, and with the good boy coming afterwards and the blood on the white gloves, it was just like, we got something here. I don't know how good he is. That you know, We found out more as the fights went on, but we got something fun here, something different, and that was my good Gennady moment.
0: Yeah, that one—that was also memorable as one of the gorier moments I've witnessed in a boxing ring. And I, I saw that one from 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 ringside, but I know that the, on HBO there the cameras were getting splattered a little bit. Uh, they had to bring in, you know, the the theater at Madison Square Garden staff had to bring in uh, people to to sort of wipe down the ring afterwards to to, to, to get it ready for a, what the Mikey Garcia Orlando Salito fight, which was the the main event that night, uh, and it was. Uh, I mean, and, and it was is brutal, um, and 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 thankfully uh, Rosado pulled through. It uh, pulled through. I mean, he, he fought well, and and you know had to be stopped. He didn't even want to. Um, so, uh, but and that's one of those performances that also made us really start to respect Gabriel Rosado and got him a lot more chances to 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 win fights and and win a belt at middleweight. That you know we're actually going to talk to him about a little bit later. Let me give you my great. Memorable performance for uh, for Golovkin. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, for me, it's got to be uh, that first one in the United States, Jagor's froxa I mean... I- this was sort of like a big mystery. HBO is throwing these two middleweights out there who you've, heard, you've sort of heard about on boxing blogs, and I mean Golovkin was, I think, uh, had definitely more buzz among the diehards at that time than than the, his Polish counterpart Jigors uh, <laughs> Fruxa. But uh, it was at a, you know, is it was at the Turning Stone Casino upstate New York? Small crowd, not really a lot of a, a, a lot of hype or buzz around it. It ended up being, I think, the the worst performing TV fight on HBO's calendar that year, um, but. Just being in the ring and watching him in the ring that night, you could see the Triple G was something special. I mean, it was he—he uh, he just was breathtaking. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to remember fans, that I was there.
1: He had been the hardcore fans' delight up to that point, yeah. but it was still in grainy internet mode. If you actually wanted to tune in to see what this guy was about, you know, so that was just the the holy cow, you know that that was a, that was an excellent moment. All
0: right, so lay it on me. What is the Gennady?
1: Look so much to pick, and I think we're going to cross over into a couple categories here. My Gennady moment, and you may have had to have been there, but my Gennady moment was just everything associated with that Curtis Stevens fight at the theater <laughs> at Madison Square Garden. And when you look back, Stevens wasn't a killer or some big opponent that he needed to get by for us to take him seriously, but going to Gennady fights had started to become such a party, such a following, as if he was like the Grateful Dead or something. And I think everybody involved, from the media to the announcers on TV at HBO, were so giddy to see what would happen when he stepped in there against a real puncher in Stevens, and man, Gennady not only put on a show, and that knockdown, which I'm sure we're going to talk about soon, was a big part of it, but just the buzz in the year after he finished off Curtis Stevens, and he was he was a little nasty in the way that he allowed the fight to stretch out and just punish Stevens, and then he had some some real funny comments afterwards in the locker room, kind of almost his first attempt at talking trash, but why this is a Gennady moment, a great moment, you know, his best is just that it created such a buzz. After the fight, he went into the lobby of the theater and stood in front of of a big banner of his name and just signed autographs and took pictures with a line of hundreds of fans there was a, a, a kind of like a drunken rush in that arena that had nothing to do with alcohol and it carried out into the streets of manhattan after the fight everybody went their separate ways but they were just giddy i did i've told the story before but i did run into jim lampley later that mm-hmm. night at the famous new york uh establishment for boxing there jimmy's corner we crossed paths on the way out and i kind of whispered like hey jim you know he's for real man and he goes he's got the finest craft of any destroyer I've ever seen. Damn right, he's for real. And then just turned and walked out into the cold New York night. And I remember in that moment going... Damn, this is fun. Wow. You know, the, and that that's that sums up what the Gennady run's been all about. No doubt.
0: All right, so next we're going to rank uh your our you know, and obviously a, another part of his charm, another part of his sort of character that he's he's used to win over a lot of fans in boxing has been these post-fight interviews where he's sort of rumbling through with half half decent English. Uh, you're not even sure if he knows what he's talking about sometimes, and he's developed these catchphrases. So, uh, you know, all right. Uh, you know, what You know what? You started. You gave me the first one on the last one. Let me give you the first one on this one. Uh, And these, these are going to come with with great, great uh, Gennady, uh, Gennady Gennadyism style imitations. Um, I'm going to say, Brian, are you serious? (laughs) You're serious. Are you serious, Brian? Brian, you're serious. Serious right now. You're serious. Uh, and that was, of course, you know, when, when you're talking about, you know, the Curtis Stevens fight. Stevens had had been pretty aggressive in trash talk. He, Golovkin, Triple G, thought he went over that. That Stevens went over the line with some of the the imagery, the coffin imagery he was using to talk trash online. It was uh, the final
1: press conference where where Stevens opened up his speech in front of the microphone by going, "I'm on Saturday. I'm gonna f Gennady up," and that was what produced the first. Are you serious? And he
0: looked. He looked at at Stevens. He's like. Are you serious? Are you serious? And it was like
1: he gave him one last chance. He was kind of half smiling and it was like that was like look, look Stevens, you know, this is your last chance to sort of clear the air on this. And if you are serious, I'm going to slowly beat you down and, and you know, and hurt you on Saturday night. And that it, that was uh that was fun. All right, give
0: like me that. the great give me the great now.
1: Look, the great is uh, – and look, you can debate. Um, there's been so many great moments with Triple G, so many great catchphrases, one-liners. The great for me is good boy after the Rosado fight. <laughs> and the reason is is because, to me, that was the – the last run where the stuff he was saying was really innocent. It was so endearing because he's almost this goofy Borat slash Alfred e. Newman combination of this, like, funny, nice, foreign guy who doesn't really get it, who's trying hard. And he's talking about the gutty performance of Gabe Rosado, not knowing really how it's described. And he says, no, he's a good boy. G- g- <laughs> Gabe is good boy. And it's just like I, that I, was the. I respect Gabriel. I respect, I respect, yeah. I respect Gabriel. He's a good boy. That was the last run where I felt like it wasn't forced, where it wasn't, hey, we got something here with these catchphrases, and not like it wasn't fun. After that, to hear him addressing the the LA crowd with Spanish and all that, I mean, it's still fun. But I think at some point it crossed over into being a marketing tool above yeah. all else, as his English did produce. That was back when it's just like it was totally Man. organic.
0: It was like <laughs> you know, it was just a funny, great, organic moment.
1: And you're falling in love with him during that time, and it's just like, who the heck is this guy? How could you be that much of a killer in the ring? And that that goofy, fun, polite outside of it in that moment was sort of all of that in one. And all it's great.
0: Right. I'm going to give you the – not even the Gennady of the catch, the Gennadyevich of the catchphrases. And for me, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a way of life, man. I respect box. <laughs> I ah! respect Box.
1: That's a great choice for uh, for number one. I
0: mean, it's hard to—it's really hard to pick a number one, but I I respect Box.
1: There's so many honorable mentions, but I respect Box. You could go so many different ways with it. It's (laughs) just—it's just. You're damn right. That guy respects Box, and that's why we love him, Rafe. It's
0: not fight, man. It's not. It's. I mean, it's not game. It's fight.
1: I know my situation. Uh I love California. Uh, I feel my speed, I feel my power. There's so many we could have gone it's to. It's not
0: my lucky punch or my crazy punch. Uh, it, yeah, oh, uh, you know, I can. and, and I I want you got to give a shout out to the the, the people on you, YouTube is it uh Honcho boxing uh who who put together a, a little sort of master clip uh of all the of of a lot of the great uh Gennady interview moments post-fight. Just, just the way he addresses Max Kellerman makes me smile. Max! Uh,
1: Max! <laughs> <laughs> Running through, to, uh, we'll go quickly on this one. Best yeah. knockout or knockdown? My good in this sense, it might actually be his nastiest knockdown knockout combination. It's just because it was not on HBO, it never really gets the love It was that Mon- that first Monte Carlo fight against Nobu Hero Ishida. Ishida. Yeah. By the way, had never been stopped at that point. It had been a durable guy. Man, when Gennady stepped forward with that overhand right against the ropes, destroyed Ishida, who was dropped dropped out, slid under the ropes. His head had to be caught by the yeah. timekeeper at the table. A sick, nasty knockout that never gets replayed because, again, HBO didn't broadcast that fight. That pro- that could be number one if, if it had g- given more love, but that's, that's the good in this sense because that was just like... Damn, this guy's powers for real.
0: Yeah, and and there's just something fun about those those independent pay per view Monte Carlo cards. You got like the <laughs> Prince of Monte Carlo watching on the sidelines. There's always like in like a little ballroom of 500 extremely rich gamblers and uh, what uh, who, tuxedos all, right, all the way. Zolt Air Day fights on the undercard. You're like, man, when is Triple G going to fight in the, uh, in the best
1: lower third <laughs> ever for, for the bio of Triple G? Right.
0: Well, yeah. Well, we're gonna get into that later. I think. Don't 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 spoil that. So all right, let me give you my great knockdown. Um and uh well, let me think. Uh, you know what? Just because so, just I, I, I already heard you talk about the Curtis Stevens knockdown, and I want to hear you tell me another one later. My great, my great knockdown great his is going to be the Curtis Stevens. That left hook. First Ooh. of all, two-handed power, right? I mean, you see it. It's just natural. He, he's not – and we'll, we'll talk about this maybe later when we break down the fight against Lemieux, the matchup. The way the, – Golovkin's power, man, he just moves his hands and it's there. I mean, he is it's, – it's just so natural. I and mean, he caught – he caught Stevens with that left hook, and and the face that Stevens made. I I remember seeing it live. I was sitting next to uh, Brian Armand Graham, who now uh, runs the sports stuff over at the at the Guardian, and. Uh you know, I was I glad. I was like, did you see his face? Uh, he's like, well, no, I, I missed his face. Uh, and then like, five, the fact maybe that there's T-shirts of his face. Five minutes later, now, five, minutes so, later like, five minutes later, five minutes less than five, two minutes later, like t- Brian's Twitter feed blew up with with gifs and pictures of uh, and screen grabs of Curtis's
1: face going woo. That was like the meme of the decade. By the way, uh, you can we can talk for a half hour about the face. But do you remember technically how he set up that punch? How he faked the left hook like so rapid fire. You know, he doesn't have great hand speed, but he's got he's got really good hand speed for a destroyer. Fake the way he faked that left hook on a pump fake, and then came right over the top with it at that angle. Man, Stevens had no defense for that. And then the face. I mean, that face was such a. I mean, it An inspired inspired right? how
0: much i mean of uh, inspired how many james bag style booty had me like tweets you know might just
1: even in the sense of of the respect for two men in there it almost was stephen 's way of going. Oh damn! Like I talked all that trash, but this guy's got it.
0: All right, so lay it on me. What then is the uh, the Gennady of the Triple G? It's got to be,
1: even though it's. I I almost argue that's become a little bit overrated because people love it so much. It's got to be the way he finished off Daniel Gill because up to that point, I think on paper that was really the you know Gill, a former titleist at the big arena at MSG. This was the proving fight. Is Gennady all we think he is? And just the fact that he gets caught with a really flush clean right hand and by the way before Giel had gotten knocked out I give him credit because he went for it in that last round and a half like he, he mm-hmm. essentially was like I'm not gonna outbox this guy I'm not a big puncher but I might as well just go after him Giel really started to throw hands and really landed that clean right hand and then Gennady just fought, eats it and follows through without breaking stride with that right of his own and man that was nasty Knocked down Giel Gill looked like he may have been able to continue, but in his own way sort of said, look, I'm not messing around with this guy anymore. Thanks, but no thanks. And poor Gill already been through a four-minute first round and gotten tripped by the photographer. It it was going to be a long night for your Aussie friend there, but that's the Gennady (laughs) knockdown KO.
0: That's my my Aussie friend. All right, I'm going to move us along to the next category, and that's going to be – G- triple g's toughest opponent so far whoever acquitted themselves best uh and uh i'll start us off here the good the good of this one huh I don't are you
1: going on paper or how they actually performed
0: Ah, uh, i mean how i'm thinking how they actually performed who i think okay. you know gave because them. on
1: paper you're probably looking at you oh, know no Murray, i'm not talking
0: about his 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 resume i'm Murray, talking about Giel, in the ring macklin in the, in the right, is in macklin is not making my list uh uh I, and I'm gonna start with, uh, I'm gonna start with, uh, Gabe Rosado. I mean, he came in and, and put a valiant effort, probably put the most, uh, bruising on, on Golov- Golovkin's face that we've ever seen, caught him with clean shots, um, and, uh, and really fought, uh, valiantly through, through all those cuts and, 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 and you know, uh, People really gain a lot of respect for him, so that's my that's I'm gonna start us off with the good and uh Gabe, Gabe Rosado. King. Look, Gabe I Rizzotto. think you can
1: almost argue that Gabe Rosado had the best. We're gonna talk to Gabe about this, but had some of the best success against Gennady. You know, maybe no it doubt. was the, the Gennady flu, maybe it was just that that Gabe you know had the chin and the confidence and was able to stand in there. So you kind of blow up the good great Gennady format because I think Gabe should be maybe a little bit higher. Look, you can argue that maybe I know Curtis Stevens got blown out, but he found a way to take that fight into late by hiding behind his his guard there. And sort of only coming out to land shots, to throw big punches. He landed a few. It's tough to really put anyone in this category because there's very few fighters that were able to extend the fight long against Gennady. So I can mention Stevens in passing, but a lot of people are going to laugh at that. So to me, it's really Gabe and the only other answer. So I'm going to cover great and Gennady in the same answer All here right. and say Martin Murray because not here only did is. he take him the distance, I'm sorry, took him the longest he's been, took him 11 and a half rounds, almost took him the distance. But he was not trying. He never stopped trying to win that fight, and that may prove to be the kind of fight that takes uh, you know some fights or some years off of Murray's career at the end. But Murray, even down a few times, yeah. banged up badly, was still throwing and landing combinations late, doing his best to try to win. I really felt like stamina wise and giving Gennady tough looks wise probably gave the toughest performance.
0: And if you got. you know you talk about some of uh, Triple G's underrated knockdowns, uh, that what the, the 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 knockdown I think it was in the ten. 10- Round that overhand right right before the bell uh was one. I mean, just sent the way. It really the thing that sticks out to me is the way that 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 Murray went just like went flying backwards. You know, and and Murray's such a big, sturdy middleweight, and and clearly had shown a, a heck of a of a chin and and you know durability and and just stamina in that fight, and and that was sort of like. You know Golovkin finally chopped him down, and you know obviously he got back up from that and managed to go a little longer before the ref stepped in and stopped that fight. That was a brutal finish, man. But, uh, he took
1: some pounding, lead. Yeah,
0: uh, but uh, yeah, I mean it's hard. You can't. There's no other. There's no other argument unless you're going to go way back in time and try and do the go rock the Kasim Uma route or the uh, or you know some of the the if you want to get real saw, boxing hipster look, with it
1: look you could go back and decipher those fights and put on your 3d glasses you know and turn the lights down or whatever <laughs> it's not that i don't act like those fights didn't happen and by the way casimoma did give him a tough test that's at right. that point in his career but look there's two eras of Gennady's career there's before you know before he came to america and after and i think that's sort of how you have to gauge it at this point because he's so just he really... not a
0: very worldly person you don't think that everything that happens outside of america
1: matters look the osomomu odoma fight never <laughs> happened all right if, hey, if it wasn't on hbo it never happened right all right hey moving on uh, I like what you sort of had here on paper, the, the best anti-Triple G fanboy theories. Just give me a couple that, that, that you hear. that's that All right, sort of gets, so, that, gets, so
0: what, you... what I mean with this one is the uh, the the red flags, you know, the the guys that want to say, oh, oh, slow down, this guy could still be all hype. This is all hype. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think that most people would agree. I think that it's not crazy to say that we still want to see more out of out of Triple G. We want to see what happens when he gets tested. We want to see him fight elite, really elite fighters like Andre ward or you know or canelo canodo canodo,
1: canodo I, I think i patented that <laughs> um,
0: canelo codo the winner of that fight that's what we want to see and to so learn even more about how great we think he might be but you know um so yeah i think the good the most basic uh uh you know triple g anti-fanboy red flag is uh is just you know opposition hasn't hasn 't been able to get the great fighters and the, the great opposition in the ring yet, uh, and uh, so maybe we don 't know enough about him you know maybe maybe he can be outboxed, out outboxed by a great slick boxer who's faster than him maybe when he, you know maybe he doesn 't respond well to being hurt you know and maybe and perhaps David Lemieux can can, uh, can teach us something about that if he, if, he, if he lands some good shots on Saturday night. Uh, I think the opposition is the is the my, my good version of the theory. Uh, how about what would your next level up? The great.
1: I don't even know if I have one because I mean, it can I just put you in a spot where where you're just gonna have to. Test what the eye test means to you. You know you have to gauge what you're seeing with your eyes, and you know you it, people are always going to point to the to the to the competition level. But really, what else are you pointing to? I think that if I'm going to go great, people are just going to say, "Well, look at his fights; he gets hit. Look, he's you know he's not great at defense; he he can be hit." But come on, what, what, you're asking a lot of somebody to be able to stand in there and take the punishment, take the cost that it's going to become to hit him back. Yes, you know he can be hit because he's an offensive fighter who comes forward. But I don't think he's ever been recklessly. Um, uh you know poor, poor defensively where he's leaving himself open well, i mean, think that, that's just the
0: i think that the the way that you you usually come back at that argument is like how many rounds have you seen him lose you know in the last 5 years or how, you know go back as far as you want like you know how, how like you can count the number of rounds that people that that you know he sort of that that were close a lot of the time, let alone that he lost clearly uh, on one hand. Usually, usually, um, absolutely. I and lucky. I'm glad you left a little bit, a little sliver of window open there for me, man, because I have the Gennady of the anti fanboy theory or the anti triple G fanboy theories. I, this is the pro fanboy theory. Uh, I don't. I, I'm just confusing myself with language, but anyway, um, yeah. And, and this is like the most far out there uh, version of the argument I've ever seen. And this was that. Triple G was a better pure boxer puncher before he got together with Abel Sanchez, before he came to the United States, when he was just the you know with the with the silver medal, uh, the Olympic silver medal, and the uh, and the good you know amateur background, he uh, he he was a great boxer. This boxer puncher already had the belt, was already knocking opponents out. But that he didn't force the issue the same way. He was more patient. He was he was he he, he was he paid more attention to defense, like you're talking about. Uh, and that yes, he's becoming. A star by by becoming by fighting you know the quote unquote branding version you know Mexican style you know whether whoever at HBO or K two came up with that you know and and it, it fits it's great it's a nice slogan uh, the the aggression the the amazing cutting off of the ring um, all of that the constantly coming forward yeah, that's a reach. Um, yeah well that's why it's the that's that's why it's my it's the most extreme anti-triple G theory the most kind of out there like conspiracy like you know like when, when when I when I've read that online I'm like man you were trying so hard
1: uh, <laughs> you know all right i think you need to take out your slide rule if you're going to try to make that that, that uh that analogy work and <laughs> I just mean, totally dissect slide it. rule man i have it all mapped out uh, i want so
0: this 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 week uh hbo f- brought back face off man i mean th- thank god and uh you know i'm looking forward to miguel cotto returning to face i'm so someday. happy this thing's back because yeah.
1: it's the best thing that ever happened on boxing tv <laughs> it's like the best feature or boxing show ever and in like pizza even when it's bad it's good even when there's yeah. a bad episode with manny just Smiling, it's still good. I, I hate when they skip fights and go away from this. I like when they bring in the trainers. I like everything I about like, it. I like the new chairs, man. I and then this episode was was brought some new life back right. into. It. I thought it was fantastic. So uh,
0: let me, you know, I don't. I forget who goes first, but Lena, I'll just drop one on you. Um, the good, the good moment of uh, this new episode of Face Off with uh, Triple G and Lemieux is uh, is. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm going to say when Golovkin uh, has a little, he has an interesting way of talking about how, uh, how Curtis Stevens talks trash, and he says, Curt is, Curtis, he has, he, has, he has best mouth, uh, which, you know, just leave it out there, out with no context, and it even has subtitles, so you can screen grab it if you want, he has the best mouth. Uh, and, you know, it's just one of those that's true. funny mean, funny little boxing, you know, put it on the Internet and uh, make un- off-color jokes about it. Uh, you saw I, the meme I, I'm, with I'm him making the here. face? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look,
1: so, the the great on Gennady for me was – and he had a lot of good moments in here. I thought this was a fantastic representation of who he really is because like I teased you before – We don't really know who he really is as a person for so long because the English is limited. He's sticking to the catchphrases. Now that his English has grown, and I think he's really done a great job in, say, the past six months and really making a leap. I interview him every three, four months, it seems. I've really seen a noticeable difference. You saw that in this specific face-off. And what I take from it, rather than one quote, my grade is just how much of a growing badass he is. I akin it to uh, Luke Skywalker in Episode Six when he's the full-on Jedi and he's dressed in all black and he's just destroying people. Gennady's not hiding anymore behind the humbleness. He's almost sounding a little bit cocky, like a badass almost. And it's refreshing. It's refreshing for him to know that, look, I'm so much stronger and technically more sound than you, so I'm just going to sit here and kind of strut my feathers and laugh. And it's sort of the way he addressed the comments, the way he sort of gave Lemieux looks. It was sort of like... This guy's coming out in a way that where he knows how good he is. He's not going to hide behind humility anymore. Still going to be a great guy, but he's still also going to show that look. I'm going to blow you away, dude. I Bro, mean, that's the bottom line. You're
0: dropping the extreme Star Wars references on me, making him feel like a Padawan learner, dude. I don't it's, know it's all like, Disney. Hey, uh,
1: Disney sponsor. Uh, Come uh, on. Hey, I, well, you know,
0: uh, if they want to, if they want to support us, please, we'll support them. Um, yeah, uh, I think I can. I can. I can one up that one more, at least in my heart, in my mind, uh, and give you the Gennady f- moment from the face. Off uh, And for me, it wasn't really a moment. It was sort of just a, a trend. And, and it's fun in any sort of face off. You're reading the body language, watching Lemieux and uh, and and Golovkin sort of look back at each other how, when they made eye contact, who was staring ahead more, who would, whose glance sort of wandered more. And actually, I mean, and I don't really I, like when it comes to what happens in the ring, I don't think that like I'm not like, you know what? I'm not going back to sent to like that that British show and being like Carl Froch beat Groves in the second fight when he did that crazy handshake, the handshake. Uh, the handshake. Yes. You know, I'm not like this this Kremlinologist that's gonna but, turn this into th- crazy theories. But I was impressed. You know, I, if anything, you know, Lemieux's confidence it, is not a joke here. He's he's living it every step of the way because he was he had the ice grill on uh, straight ahead, focused on uh, on Triple G that entire thing. While Triple I think G some, was kind of just looking around, looking down a lot.
1: I think some fights have been won and lost in the face off, and that's why I love it so much. And you may be thinking. I'm putting too much on how good face-off is. Do you remember Mayweather-Ortiz when, when Mayweather's sort of laughing, going, oh, man, I can't wait to teach this kid a lesson. I can't wait to, you know, I sort of you, you almost saw Vic crumble, you know, VO face loop crumble in that moment on the inside. You knew it was over. The only, the other one that I always point to is Provodnikov-Alvarado. Remember that yeah. Alvarado face? Like, oh, my God, this guy's way crazier than I realized. This guy's ready to die, not just in the ring, but right now. Like, yeah. the, there, there are those moments that sort of plant the seeds, and that's why I love face-off. So
0: you're not going to uh, toss in uh, Miguel Cotto's iPad as a pivotal moment <laughs> that, that want to fight? <laughs> or
1: or, or uh, Julio Chavez's crazy eyes? Come on. <laughs> They're great moments, but they might not have swung
0: fights. All right, this is our last category of the good, great, and the Gennades. Uh And it is the wild card category. Any little tidbit of, you know, of Triple G lore that you love uh, that, that doesn't really fit into any traditional category. Uh, you want to start it off? You want me to do it? What do you think? Think.
1: Look, there's one answer to this, alright? Oh. We can just skip oh. the three and go to the one answer. It's the lower third of the Monte Carlo fights. <laughs> right, right, let's match. get right to it, okay? <laughs> Favorite food? Meat. Meat. <laughs> look, Rafe, it's what's for dinner. That encapsulates <laughs> everything I love. Beef is what's, what's for
0: dinner. Beef is what's for dinner, man. This is, this, is, this is not just beef. This is meat. Favorite food, meat.
1: Well, um, you know, dead or alive, meat. Whatever you got for me. Uh, right?
0: Look, that, is, that, that should be the, the Gennady of this. I will put a, a good or a great underneath it, uh, and that is the Triple G, like, Majestic robe, that blue oh, yeah. embroidered uh, robe. That you know, I mean, I, I've not done the research, but like you see it, and you 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 assume that it's like this. You know, came off the back of some great Kazakh conqueror, get or handed Flair. down. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, they, Kazakh conquerors and Ric Flair may have more in common than we think. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, man, that robe—it's just like the nicest rug you've ever seen, with sleeves cut into it. And he just struts in. He does like the extra lap around the ring now. Which sometimes turns me off I'm kind of like, quit hot-dogging it, man, get in the ring But, uh, you know, hey,
1: I I love that robe Well, speaking of of nice threads here Why don't we talk to somebody who does know how to dress a little bit Somebody who knows a little thing or two about Golovkin Lemieux Not afraid afraid to rock the fedora Absolutely, we're not afraid to wear the all-white in Vegas with the chains That's our guy right there Let's talk to Gabe (laughs) Rosado Now stepping through the ropes is middleweight contender, actor, and the reigning and defending BKB middleweight champion. We're talking to Gabriel Rosado, who is a common opponent for the two fighters meeting in Saturday's Gennady Golovkin, David Lemieux, middleweight title unification bout that's on HBO pay-per-view from Madison Square Garden in New York. Gabe, how you doing, man? Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Hey, no problem, man. I'm doing
1: good.
0: Gabe, uh, you know... Thank you for being here. I, you know, I've I really enjoyed watching your fights over the years and, and hoping, you know, to see you in the ring soon. And uh, But to, to talk about, you know, the Golovkin-Lemieux fight this weekend, you've been in the ring with both of those guys. You've uh, fought them both at middleweight. They're obviously no, both known as punchers, knockout artists, or guys who get stoppages. Uh, just can like, come... From your you know experience, uh, compare the power. Who how 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 is their power different? Does one guy hit harder? Does one guy feel like he has naturally heavier hands? I mean, just what's it like to be in the ring with them?
2: Um, well, you know they're both strong guys, strong middleweight. I think is the I think is the perfect fight right now for them to fight now with all the buzz going on. Um, you know, I would say I would say when I fought Triple G, you know, at the time um, I thought that he was definitely a lot stronger. Uh, being, I had just moved up from the junior weight division, probably a little too soon. Um, but uh, you know, I, I just feel that um, Triple G is probably the more technical sound fighter. You know, I think Lemieux is really strong, but I think um, you know, I think the fight's going to favor Triple G as far as with his jab and uh, more. He has more of a boxing. He has more uh, tricks. You know, I think Lemieux is just he's just straightforward and he's doing everything with the same speed and uh you know every punch is with mean intention. I think uh Triple G knows how to set his shots up a little better.
0: No doubt. Like what uh like sort of what are the tricks you remember sort of seeing in the ring that, that uh that
2: Golovkin would do and uh or that you see in the well, fight since then? I, I didn't seen I, I hardly seen anything in those fights. <laughs> with <laughs> sure. the triple G fight I was bleeding. Yeah you know I mean I think I got cut like I had three cuts over the same eye yeah. within the second round. So I was pretty much like a bloody mess in that fight. Um, real it was it was just real hard to see in that fight, you know. Um and then uh with the Lemieux fight unfortunately I, I, I had a broken orbital bone in the third round. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, you know, um it was tough man. But um even with uh even with those that that uh you know with those injuries, I still feel that um Triple G is just uh a lot more technical than Lemieux was. I felt that I felt that um, I felt I could have took advantage more of Lemieux. Um, but it, um, it was just difficult due to the injury. Yeah. But because I think Lemieux just kept throwing every shot with the same speed and the same intentions. I mean, everything was coming hard. And it's kind of e- a little easier to pick a guy when a guy's throwing the same thing at the same speed, you know. Um, I just felt like I, I just didn't have the chance to take advantage of that. I think um, I think, you know, triple g i think he's more of a patient fighter he knows how to set guys up
1: gabe when you look back at your fight with triple g i think it's fair to say in certain stretches you had as much or more success against him than really you know any other fighter he's faced you got off a lot of clean shots and succession combinations what do you think you were able to do that other fighters haven't been able to do to sort of have those moments against him
2: yeah yeah you know triple g got a little banged up in that fight as well um you know, I think the thing in that fight was, you know, I think a lot of guys are just scared and intimidated at Triple G. I think, you know, you know, they go into the fight and they're like, um, they believe in his power, and I think they fight him a little too tense. Um, in a Triple G fight, I was just, you know, relaxed. I wasn't scared of him. You know, I was just willing to exchange. Um, it just was a situation where, unfortunately, I ended up getting really bad cuts over the eye, which I think, you know, you know, gave him an advantage, obviously, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, he's definitely, I think it was a fight where it was too premature in my career, but, you know, I think uh, you have to go into a fight with Triple G, you just can't be scared of him, you know, you just got to bring it to him, because, you know, he's human just like you, and he's going to hurt as well, you hit him with a good shot, he's going to feel it, so I think, um, if Nemean wants to be successful, he has to have that same, you know, what got him there, the same attitude he has to have the day of the fight you know he can't switch up and all of a sudden try to box uh, triple g or back up and trying to set him up i think he just has to fight you know you know he has to be relentless in that fight
0: yeah uh, talking about the the possibility i guess of the you know upsetting triple g in this fight is uh you know is uh do you think there's a, a chance that once triple g is in there and he's Feels sort of what Lemieux is throwing back at him, and, and maybe he gets caught with a good punch. Um, that Triple G sort of reacts differently than we've seen in the past. I mean, could could Lemieux put him on the back foot a little bit and and sort of make us show him show us something different?
2: Um, honestly, I think I think this is the type of fight where you're probably going to see Triple G's best performance. Yeah, because um, you got to understand Triple G is going against guys that you know are not a, at his level. You know what I'm saying so you know, I think you can see that in the, the fight, his last fight, well yeah. who was it? Um Will
0: Monroe.
2: Yeah, Monroe. Uh you know, he pretty much could have took more he could have took Marone out of that fight sooner, you know, but I think he kinda just went to give the fans a show and he just kinda played with him a little bit. You know, I think going into a fight with Lemieux, he knows as a guy that's a puncher, he knows he can't play around with this guy. I think if he could he would take him out in the first round. So I don't think he's gonna go into this fight playing any games. Um I think um I think I think they both don't have a, such a great defense but I think Lemieux. I think uh Triple G's defense is a bit better than Lemieux. So I think he's capable of getting away from some shots. Um so I think um I think you're gonna see the best uh Triple G in this fight.
1: Okay, but we had Willie Monroe on this podcast. He sort of we had we asked him how to describe Triple G's power, and he, and he had a lot of respect for it. But he sort of mentioned a notion almost to like a he used the term hard glove. And I think after your fight with him, you had said something similar to that. Why does his power feel differently? Is it is it something to do with the gloves, or is, it, or is this guy just a, a different beast with, with, with the hand power?
2: I mean. <laughs> You know, it, we got we got to remember that in boxing is politics. You got to watch what you say. You know, so I, I I said what I said about his gloves before, but you know, it's just something that I just I don't talk about anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's a cheater. I don't think he's a cheater. You know, um, I don't think it's nothing like Margarito type right. where he's putting you know um, blocks in his gloves. You know, I don't think it's all right. to that point. Um, but, um, you know, it, you know, when, you know, I don't think he's, um, uh, you know, I remember in the fight when the shots land, they just seem to be harder than, 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 you know, a shot usually is. You know, I, I fought big punches like Lemieux and even when Lemieux hit me, it didn't feel you know, that hard or, or, or kid chocolate. Right. So, um, but, um, you know, it is what it is, you know?
0: For sure, Gabe. Uh, you know, you you mentioned the cuts a few times, and I think all of boxing fans who've been following your career, you know, over the past few years, have seen sort of time after time you you uh, you've had you know cuts over over the eye and then the, the orbital bone. It's sort of like one. There's always a break like that that yeah. you know make. I mean, it's made your fights uh, exciting and great for fans in a lot of ways, and and especially the way you fought through those injuries. Um yeah. But uh, I guess how have you dealt you know, how, uh, do you, do you feel, you know, have you felt like, damn, if it just wasn't for like, you know, these a, <laughs> a bad break here and there with a cut and like, you know, uh, do well, you, you know, how, how's it, what's it like going through that?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, um, honestly, you know, I can, I can admit and say that in the Triple G fight, it was premature, it was like that, you know, I probably should have stood at 54 and. I had the number one ranking for the right. world title against right. Lumbridge, which is a fight that I know I would have won. Yeah, I, I, you know, I but think
0: most um,
2: people would agree. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, you know, the Triple G fight came, and it was just me having that attitude where, you know, uh, I just wanted, I just wanted, wanted to do my own thing, and um, you know, I fought Triple G. So I, I admit that it was probably a bad move. You know, a fight that I took too soon. You know, but as far as the Lemieux fight. um I feel thought it was a fight I could have won if it wasn't for the injury. You know, um, it was probably the worst injury I, I ever suffered because, uh, you know, I ended up getting a tore. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a broken orbital bone. It was a tore um, uh, pupil as oh, well. Wow. Yeah. So it kind of took my vision. Like, I was blind the whole fight. Um, and it was just difficult. And I, I really wanted to throw some shots in between his hard punches, but... I just couldn't do it because whenever he tapped the eye, it felt like my eyeball was going to pop out. Oh <laughs> so, I mean, it was um, it was a really bad pain, man. So, um, but, you know, it is what it is, man. And I think um, I think I took some time to heal. I took some time to heal. You know, I've rested, you know, and um, I let the eye heal up, you know, and everything's good now. And I think I just got to. Just kind of have a I just have a whole new attitude we just got to focus and make sure I, I get everything back in order again
0: for sure, Gabe and i like just hearing you talk about that you know to a to a to a non fighter i mean it 's almost impossible to imagine what that must feel like you know with that kind of pain and then sort of yeah. the way that that you and other fighters in the past have you know literally fought through that, not just like oh damn, this hurts, but like now you 're still in the middle of a fight, and you 're against like big punchers i mean where do you know i mean i, I guess is it just natural, or, like, how do you get through it and, and keep, you know,
2: keep going? <laughs> no, it's just, uh, I think it's you either got it or you don't. I mean, I think, you know, you can see it, like, in the Matisse fight mm-hmm. where he got hit. As soon as he went down, I knew something was wrong. I knew, I, I told everybody, I said, you he either broke his orbital bone or or he's blind right now. So, uh, trust me, I know. Because I could tell when he took the knee, he grabbed his eye, and, you know, he was blinking a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so it takes a lot to get up from there. Like, I'm not mad at him. Like, I don't, I, I'm not going to call him a piece of quitter because he didn't get up. I just know what he was going through. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I think my injury was a lot more intense than his. But I, I understand, you know, because when I, when I suffered the injury, I remember I, I I didn't go, when 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 Lemieux hit me with the shot, I didn't get, I didn't go down. Right. Cause I was you stunned. took a
0: knee.
2: <laughs> I took a knee. Yeah.
0: Because
2: when he hit me, I felt something pop right there on the spot. And I took the knee, like, oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> I could curse with my bad
0: No, you
2: uh, can, you can, can. can. no problem. All right, cool. So I remember taking the knee and I'm trying to get my vision back because I'm blind and I'm like waiting for the eight count. And when I get up, I'm still blind. I'm like, and it just happened. You know, I was just pretty much blind the whole fight, man. But, um, you know, it's just something you got to have in you. You know, Gotti had it. You Corrales had it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, um, you either got it or you don't.
1: Well, there's something about you, Gabe, that's always been different. You're, you go out of your way to take the hardest fight, fights available. You've had these hard luck situations like we talked about with the cuts or maybe where, you know, y- to me, you're beating love on the cards. You're beating Quillen on the cards, but you're maybe yeah. not getting the respect from the judges. You've talked yeah. to me in the past how you've been self-managed for most of your career. You're yeah. a Philadelphia fighter. Why are you just different? You know, you're just cut from a different cloth
2: there. Yeah, man, you know, I, I really don't know. I'm just I'm just being myself, you know. Um, I think, you know, taking the Triple G fight, it kind of kept me at the middleweight division, and that's when I ended up fighting Love, and I thought that it was a fight I won. And it got overturned based due to him failing uh, a drug test. Yeah. And then uh, with the Peter Quillen fight, you know, it was a fight that even the commentators had me up on a scorecard, and then I get a cut in the championship rounds, which, which the cuts in the Triple G fights were probably a lot worse. And you know that, they stopped the fight in the championship That was the Steve smoker effect, man. <laughs> yeah, and I felt, and you know, and I felt that I felt that in the uh, the, the Chakra fight, I felt that if they would have let that fight continue, I thought I would have knocked them out. Because I told everybody I'm going to knock them out like in the 11th of Because I just knew it, and, and I was fighting with that type of confidence where I knew I was going to set them up for the later round. So I was begging the ref to let the fight continue, and you know they didn't because I just thought it was a fight I would win on the scorecards, even though I felt I was up. I knew that it, I knew that I would have to knock him out going into the 11th or the 12th, but um, you know it is what it is. You know I'm just being myself, and you know I just had a signed contract on HBO with um, James Kirkland, and he, and then I get a call yesterday that he pulled out, so um, <laughs> you know. That sucks. How, but
1: how hard was that to take? Because that looked that looked for the fans like this was going to be a really fun bow to return for you on HBO. Yeah, I yeah. mean, this is this just sort of another thing that you have to deal with? You got to dig in and and know that bigger <laughs> things are ahead of you down the road.
2: Yeah, you know, I just got to stay positive. You know, I was just excited that you know HBO was you know welcoming back, uh, wanting me back. You know, um, Peter Nelson from President of HBO Sports. You know, he he, he called me and you know let me know that, you know, they were going to make this fight happen. And I was excited about it. And, you know, I get the contract, I signed the contract, and I get the call that Kirk was to sign the contract. So I'm like, it was a done deal. And the fight was scheduled to be in Los Angeles. Um, so I have a really big fan base in Los Angeles as well. So I'm thinking the fight's going to happen, and I get a call, he pulls out. So it's kind of like discouraging, but, you know, I got to stay positive because I'm actually meeting with Golden Boy tomorrow, and then we'll just discuss on what we're going to do. And, um, you know, I'm just looking forward and just getting the win, putting myself in the position of possibly fighting, uh, you know, who knows, you know, I'm, I, I'm signed with Golden Boy. So, you know, I could easily see me coming off a win and Carlino coming off a win against Koto and, and a possible fight with me and Carmelo in the mm-hmm. future. So, you know, yeah. I'm definitely focused on, on what I need to do.
0: And a Canelo fight is almost one that you know. Do you do you feel like you almost could have had that if in like a, if you would followed a, sl- a slightly different path, like in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, you stay at oh the- yeah. fifty four. You know, you're, uh, It's almost like unfinished business in some ways. So at least for you, maybe not for Canelo. how he feels.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I th- you know, I think if I would have stood at fifty four, you know, things probably would have been a bit different. But you know, at the same time, you just never know. Yeah. I think the type of reputation I got is I'm the guy that's fighting whoever. And I'm fighting the best middleweights. And, you know, some fights are controversial and some fights are not. So I just think, you know, um, I've kind of, you know, got a reputation right now. And I I got respect from the fans. So it keeps me relevant, you know. And then doing something different with BKB, you um, you know, I think it just kind of puts me like, you know, I'm just doing my own thing right now. So I think the fans respect that.
1: Sure. Yeah, tell us about that experience, because that, that, that gave you a little bit of life. You know, you had a you had a run of those hard luck defeats in boxing. You go to BKB, you, you sort of, I don't want to say shock, because of the, the, the Vera fight, we thought you could win that, but I think it was a little bit like, wow, when you knocked Vera out, when you put those punches together yeah. in that pit and took care of him. You had the draw with Curtis Stevens, which at times was a really fun fight. How much have you enjoyed what this has been able to do for your career in BKB? Oh,
2: yeah, you know, um, BKB is definitely like um, a breath of fresh air. You know, I think it's definitely going to be a lot bigger now um and just bought the red c v so um that's why there hasn't been a fight yet because you know they have to get you know their things in order but um I think uh, what they tell me is probably uh early next year they're gonna have a show so um you know I'm excited to defend my title for bkb you know um I think it's something you know I think the fans were kind of skeptical about it and then once they saw the Vera fight you know they were excited about it and you know I think when I went into the the Curtis Stevens fight, it was right it was right off the Lemieux fight. And I think it was just me being stubborn mm-hmm. and probably not letting myself rest. And I took the fight too soon. You know, coming off an injury like that, you know, I don't think it I don't think I probably should have went into that fight so soon, but I did and, you know, it wasn't my best performance, man, but you know, I, I still held on to my title. So I'm just looking forward to being healthy and going back into whether it's gonna be the pit or the ring again.
0: I mean, and in that that Curtis Stevens fight, you also had to deal with Shane Mosley going the, the the new uh the new, <laughs> yeah. new newly aggressive uh, trash talking Shane Mosley.
1: He wanted to throw He, hands. Had, his, he,
0: want, had, his, want, he had his monkey out there what, at the uh, yeah. at the at the press conference. I mean, it was yeah. crazy.
2: Yeah, I want to know what Shane's on, man.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> he might call you out next game. <laughs> I think
2: well, he's I on mean, strong coffee. Actually, he actually, he actually. He actually did reach out to me when when Margarito when they didn't know if uh, not Margarito when they didn't know if uh, Moiorga was gonna be able to fight or not because of Dante, you know he's right. getting in the way of that you know he actually, actually he actually offered me uh, it was like a hundred and you know, it was it was not it was not bad money he was putting money on the table he was actually interested and in, um you know we were talking about it me and him going back and forth because he needed uh to save the card um but I, it was probably like the last week of the fight I let him know that I'm not. You know, I, I'm not interested. You know, because I really wasn't in shape, and then I had to get down and wait. Um. So, uh, but then I ended up working out with him in Moerga. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought Shane was going to throw hands on you during that whole situation at BKB. There. This something's getting into this guy lately. You
2: know, no, you know I so. think. Yeah, I think it's any girl. You know, and she's young. and, You know, Shane's <laughs> in his forties, and you know he's trying to keep up. Hey, never trust you're a you're big button like,
1: smile, Gabe. Never trust her.
2: Trying to, he's trying to, you know, be young again. So not saying, not saying he's not young. He's saying he's not the oldest guy, you know, but, you know, I think it's going like 23 or some shit, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, Gabe, you made you're in the middle of a transition. You got the boxing career, but you're in the middle of this transition of this acting career. I know you moved to L.A. a couple of years ago to make this happen. We suddenly see your name popping up as, as a villain boxer in the upcoming Creed movie in the Rocky series. The trailers, opened, man! The trailers too. Open in November yeah. 25th. Man, we are pumped yeah. up about this as boxing fans. How did this come together for you, and how do you feel about joining this franchise, which has been, you know, so iconic?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. You know, um, I actually moved to Los Angeles to, to pursue the acting career. And, um, you know, within a few months of being in Los Angeles, you know, through a connection, you know, I got put on into the movie and um, met the director, and, you know, he liked me. And, you know, um, I got a good part in the movie. Um, the fight scene is it's crazy. The fans are definitely going to like the fight scene. And, um, you know, from there on, I just uh, end up just doing a new show called Kingdom. Nick Jonas is in it. It's a really great nice. show. It's a really great show. Um, Frank Grillo's in it. Um, Grillo, I think, yeah. is and um, he's uh, the guy from The Purge. Yep. Um, so great cast. I just got into that. I did a scene with Nick Jonas. Great scene. So um, you so, know, so I'm they just, got you I'm doing
0: just... uh, that's like an MMA type thing, right? Yeah, yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. At least at least, uh, at least on, t- on on screen.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's an MMA thing, man. So um, you know, now I'm just uh, you know I'm you know I'm getting calls from different shows and things like that. So um, I'm having a good time, man. That's another thing that I'm actually pursuing as well is just the acting, you know. So right now now I'm really focused on what I need to do with the boxing because, you know, I want to fight before the year's up. But, you know, when I have my off time, you know, the acting is definitely something I'm pursuing as well.
1: Well, yeah. I'm fired up because you're a Philly guy. This, you know, Rocky is the story is originating, you know, began in Philly. What does that actually mean to you to join this series? Especially, people are excited about Creed. They're not like, oh, this is Rocky Part 7. Who cares? Yeah. People are pumped yeah. up. Well, you know, what does that mean to you to, to join this franchise like this?
2: No, definitely. It was definitely a blessing, you know. And, and the movie Creed is actually a great movie, man. The storyline is great. Um, the fight scenes are great. You know, the court, you know, the way they made the, the fight scenes look very realistic, man. So. It's a good movie, and Stallone, man, um, he's probably the most humble guy, man. He's real down to earth. You know, he took us out to dinner, and it, it was cool. I was kicking it with Stallone, and he's telling me about sparring Roberto Duran, and yeah. he told me he sparred Sugar Ray. Not not, not Sugar Ray, uh, he sparred uh, Joe Frazier, you know, just stuck, busting it up with uh, Stallone, man. It was just like, it was just awesome, man.
0: Yeah, and like you mentioned, the 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 fights in this movie are—is it gonna be old school Rocky
2: style uh, movie fight? <laughs> nah, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be war, They're gonna be war, I mean, the the fight between me and um, me and, and uh, Michael and yeah. Creed in the movie, you know, is an intense fight, man. It's definitely a fight scene that um, they told me has never been shot because uh, it's just a scene with uh, one angle. It's one camera, oh, so it's not like it's skipping and cutting scenes, mm-hmm. so me and me and Michael actually shot that scene for about like like twelve hours, Oof. I'm saying it was an intense fight scene, man, so I can't wait to see that I, I know it's gonna be good
1: can he throw hands? I mean that guy's been in a lot of fun roles he's you know he's a great actor, can he throw hands Oh no, yeah he's
2: pretty he's pretty athletic man, he's pretty athletic you know and and um and Nick Jonas as well, me and Nick Jonas was doing some grappling on the ground and shit. <laughs> it's not my thing at all, man. But, uh, you know, he's athletic as well, man. So, you know, it's just fun doing these things.
0: No doubt. Well, you, Gabe, you you, you mentioned a couple, of, a couple of things came up in a row there. You know, uh, Philly fighters and purge. And, you know, I, I immediately thought of uh, of Danny Garcia, <laughs> you know, coming out with the purge mask. And you know, yeah. both you guys share a Puerto Rican background from Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I guess I, I could, I mean, I got a lot. I'm... A lot, I've always wondered stuff about the Garcia camp, but is Angel, that is like, now he even calls himself, you know, crazy Angel Garcia on Instagram. Is yeah. Angel crazy yeah, for real in, in no, real that's life? Like,
2: that's <laughs> not like a you know what I mean? He, he, he really, he's really like that, man. But, you know, Angel, you gotta know Angel to understand him. You know, he's actually a fun dude, man. You know, every time we go out, he's always joking, he's always laughing. He's like the life the party. He really has more energy than everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> You know, when we go out and have a good time, you know, Angel's the, the one turning up the most, man. So he's a, he's a <laughs> good guy.
1: Well, Gabe, we appreciate you giving us the time. Great insight on this Saturday's fight, Golovkin Lemieux. You've had some good history with both guys. You turned up well in that. We're looking forward to seeing you back in the ring, even though the Kirkland fight fell apart. Looking forward to seeing you November 25th when Creed hits theaters. Uh, good luck to you, Gabe. Thanks so much for joining us, man.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. For sure, man. Thank you.
1: All right, man.
0: Brian, you know, I mean, I, first of all, like, that, I, I really enjoyed that interview. I mean, Gabe Rosado, I mean, it's not really a surprise the way he fights, the way he sort of put it all out there, the way he's given post-fight interviews. But uh, he, he's really straightforward and, and honest and, and talks about some really cool moments uh, in his career. So, I mean, I'm grateful to him for
1: that. Look, like he's as honest a fighter yeah. as there is out there. It's, it's hard to not cheer for him when you hear him talk, when you, you, know, you hear what he's been through. Great guy. Wish him the best of luck. Can't but wait I, to see that movie. But,
0: uh, yo, I mean... I and mean, everyone's going to watch creed one way or another uh but i what i but I wanted what I was thinking, and almost mustered up the uh you know maybe we would just say we didn't have time to ask it uh. Was uh, when he starts talking about Angel Garcia and Philly style, I was like, "Oh, is he gonna? Is he gonna talk about? Does Does Gabe know what Tyrone style is? Does he know what LDS L- is? Come LDS. on, <laughs> the LDS Tyrone style, Philly style. Um, hey,
1: come on, it's a family friendly.
0: Well, show. you know, the, the, look, wait, if you're in the we, know, you know. Yeah, let
1: before we head down, with the slide down the uh, the shoulder here into uh, predictions, <laughs> uh, right past your DMs? There's a little bit of news we got to wrap up here. Okay. Yeah. All right. You N- know what's nugget, going on in the world? Nugget number one, Sergey. Povlev, who was expected to return, I uh, forgot the date, within the next month in Moscow, make a little Russian homecoming. It would have been his first fight back since the tragic death there of Roman Simikov in that fight a few years back. He's not going to. Instead, he's going to sort of recalibrate his schedule, look to fight twice in the winter and spring of 2016, and angle himself toward a late fall next year maybe super fight at 175 with andre ward hbo likes it the promoters are sort of joining hands and saying hey we think we can make this happen let's all get on the same schedule how excited are you?
0: Yo, it would be great. It would be great. I, re- I mean, we we talked to Virgil Hunter recently on this show. He talked about his plan if if he were going to move up, how they might get into a Kovalev fight. You know, lead up to that. And uh, gee man, I, I hope it happens. I hope that you know. And and it goes back to the classic, the thing that we've been saying that everyone who, who cares about boxing says when it comes to Andre Ward. And you know, I hope he stays in the ring. I hope it happens. Uh, Dude, it's imagine the best. if
1: they're. Both unbeaten. Let's say Ward picks up a belt over the next two fights leading up to that. Unbeaten champion, you know, or even if he doesn't, it's still unbeaten challenger, unbeaten champion. You're looking at at that point, they're probably both going to be in the top three pound per pound, maybe top four at the worst.
0: There are. I mean, I mean most is, most people probably a lot of lists. I bet if you met, you put all the lists together, they would probably both be around three or four. You know, I mean, they, they, I know I mean, there's some variations. That would variation. be
1: incredible. I I hope we go there with the long range uh, dream plan of let's say. I mean, even if win or lose, Ward Kovalev, there's still the chance that Ward moves back down to 68 and moves up, and they still have their own super fight. That would mean a lot, no matter what. I just think we're headed toward a lot of really good things to come. I all mean,
0: right. and and maybe like a one fight like. that... That sort of changes the game, you know, and, and I mean, well, that that makes me sound so naive, but maybe one fight well, like that can, again. can on. uh, maybe one fight like that can can sort of set the tone and, and then more people start getting in the ring for, for fights like that. And, and, exactly. And sport I love around, what Oscar you know. and
1: Bernard are doing with Golden Boy. Designated driver take the keys too much, Ruck. Fans are getting excited. <laughs> Fans are starting to to pour one out for people. I mean, let's get excited here. Well, you know, uh,
0: you know who your, your 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 man crush who's always calling everybody out uh, and not fighting, Amir Khan. I know you want to re-engage on this topic, what's up?
1: Well, the, out of uh, our friends at the ESPN UK this week, Amir Khan is now putting the idea of a Manny Pacquiao fight on the back burner as talks are stalling. No surprise, because by the way, that fight was never going to happen anyway. <laughs> Bob Arum is suing Al Heyman. If you think Al and Khan have some kind of you know uh, special relationship where, where they can just uh, date anybody they want, it's not happening But the good thing out of this is that Khan says, okay, Manny's not going to happen. I want a DSG rematch or a Peterson rematch. Lamont Peterson fights this Saturday. We'll talk about that in a minute. Rafe, so many great matchups you can make with Khan. That's why we love him. He comes to fight. He's got star power. He's vulnerable. All those things. If he does either of those rematches, man, I am signing up. I just want to see this guy back in a huge fight. If he's going to stay under the PBC, Heyman Banner, no problem. There's plenty of welterweights. Would either of these fights move you? Oh, for sure. I mean, they
0: moved me the first time. You know, I mean, they—they were those were—that's. I mean, that's what—that's really what Khan needs to do to get boxing fans back on his side. You know, I mean, there are always going to be some fans that be like, oh, you know, he has no chin. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a. He, he, whatever. has he, got Prescott yeah, problem. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but, you know, I think that the, the, the sane fan just wants to see him, you know, competing again, you know, in, in, at, at that high level against, uh, and the, and he has unfinished business. I mean, the, he, he, you know, all of those, uh, all the times he wants to call out those, you know, the bigger names, the Mayweather's, the Pacquiao's. Uh, when you know he lost to, he lost, he he got knocked out by Danny Garcia, and he lost a, in, the the crazy decision to, to I mean, it was a he great close fight, screwed. but the points and everything, and the Simmel's black hat, I mean, PEDs it was
1: and oh, somehow that hasn't been changed to a no know, contest, I mean, whatever. But Rafe. I think Al owes him one. People disagree with me all the time, but I think Al owes him one because he didn't get the Floyd fight after after being held hostage for two years. Now he's not getting Manny. Al owes him a big one. Al cashed the ticket. Moving on. I didn't read it. I'm just going to mention in <laughs> passing. I know that the Thomas Hauser Manifesto Number Two. Part Two? Hit, hit, part Two. Uh, hot Shots Part Two hit the airwaves today on the internet, and I know that it was about USADA and it was a response. I didn't get a chance to read all 15,000 words, but maybe at our next pod will react to it. I
0: can't wait, you got man. any IV oh, jokes man. or can we just move yeah, on? No, well, I mean, I'm, I've, I'm, I need an IV to stay awake right
1: now. All but, right. Uh, uh, Matthew Macklin's moving down to 154, chasing an <laughs> elusive title. Nobody the only cares, thing more boring that. than IVs. Look, guys, at 33, moving down on weight never works out, so we'll move on from there. The last thing we want to hit is that Two things are happening at the same time here. I want to get your take if they're related. PBC, as we mentioned in our last, uh, podcast, is sort of going in the wrong direction with their matchmaking the last month as in the, in the next month as we see of the fights that have been announced. Two more fights were announced today. I'm not even going to tell you. All right. I'll tell you. Kevin Bizier <laughs> against Frederick Lawson is a PBC on NBC Sports main event. That doesn't so move they- you? It's alarming right now what's happening, but at the same time, Showtime, who some would argue that outside of Floyd have almost taken the year off, is now making a run at a solid late fall run here. You're going to have uh Kel Brook, Diego Chavez, then December 5th, you're having that solid all Brooklyn, Danny Jacobs, Peter Quillen fight that we've been waiting a long time for. The week after that, there's talks that we're going to see the Sean Porter, Keith Thurman fight. Showtime's making a late run here. Are these two situation's related? What the heck's going on here? Well,
0: I mean, you know, this goes back to the age old question with Al Heyman and, and premier boxing champions and since no there is no ever a, an official word that gets you know, that comes out to the to the to the media of any sort, um you know, there's nothing left to do but make, you know, educated guesses and conspiracy theories. And, yeah, it sure does seem related to me. I mean, it's it's like all of the, the fighters that have had – that PBC has been trying to build on, you know, quote-unquote free TV over the past year or, you know, the first nine months of this year uh, are now showing up on uh, – are now showing up on Showtime, so so that and they're all Heyman fighters, and they're all and Showtime is going to buy those fights instead of PBC having to front all the money to put them up on on things. Now, does that mean PBC is running out of money? It's I don't know. I mean, like I hope not. I mean, I would I I, I, I would hope that this ex, that when they started this experiment, they planned on. It seemed like their business model was to. to you know, expect losses for quite a long time and uh, to in order to to sort of take over the the, the market and, and sort of control the game before switch kind of switching to another model well uh, see, P-
1: Showtime took it on the chin in 2014 the year of Salko. We all remember that it's <laughs> unexplainable no one 's really explained why this year outside of floyd they've been out of action is the best way to say it outside of a few fights, maybe the conspiracy theory that paying Floyd a guaranteed thirty two or thirty five million to fight Burdo they knew they had to save up money and sort of, you know, that's why they've been laying low, but I just I don't care. I love that they're back, because not only the competition with HBO is healthy for both networks, Showtime means something to me. It's been a fun network. I think pound for pound right now, their talent may be outperforming HBO's talent over the past two years. It's arguable at least. I mean, they've got, you know, there's a solid group of guys there. I love when they're doing big fights. Let's not forget that sort of Showtime became known, at least, you know, the the previous decade for being, putting on in the smaller weight classes, some really good fights for the hardcores. I don't know what their image and identity will be moving forward. Whether they're just going to be the showcasing network for the big PBC fights, I it's, just hope that they stay in it, Rafe, because I, I love everything about it. You know, I like
0: we've had Steve Farhood on the show. We are Farheads with a Z, exactly. Uh, and you know, bring as we want all the Steve we can get, and he tends to get a little bit more airtime on Showtime than uh, and the PBC card. So yeah, for no doubt, uh, Farheads represent.
1: Uh... That breaks down the news. Now we head into this week, which is a loaded fight week. Outside of the PBC and ESPN card on Wednesday, there was an earlier PBC card. But this weekend, we're going to start Friday on Spike TV, PBC. Interesting bout. Our guy, Andy Andrew Andreas <laughs> Fanfara, going against Nathan Cleverly, Clev. the former light heavyweight titleist in a 175 pound bout. Cleverly hasn't looked good lately. Fanfara always kind of makes fun fights. He's a, he's one of the most underrated quotes because he does the broken English thing really well. He's a, he's a, it's it's fun to like him. This is in Chicago. Uh, you have any thoughts on how this might play out? I think. I mean, it,
0: it's interesting. For for whatever reason, it, the the thing that jumps out to me here is that. Spike seems to have gotten the the, the best mix of whatever has, hap- has happening at uh, PBC because the, the, the sort of the showcases for the big names that are, that weren't great looking fights ended up on NBC because they had the names. Then the you know the the real dreck ended up on uh, on whatever you know the the, ne- the networks that don't even exist Bounce. on most ge- basic cable you know packages. Uh, and then Spike kind of got the middle ground where they have all these like real uh, competitive well matched, oh, yeah. like Khan things Algieri? you could get, things you could get excited about, and the and the fights have been good. And a lot of the most memorable uh, PBC fights this year, I, I, I can think of, were, were on Spike. And so Absolutely. lucky, lucky for Spike. And this is, I think this, this sets up as another one. I don't know if it'll be uh, action packed. I mean, you know, Cle- Cleverly is is likes to sort of you know, more of a is is a boxer type. He likes to move, and jab. And He's also well. We've seen, you know, he I, I well, you know what the ultimate kryptonite for Cleverly is. What the crotch fake? The crotch faint. Yeah, man, you give him a little, you give him a little crotch pump, and he, you know, just his eyes cross, and it's you know, it's it's easy picking. So maybe we'll see if uh, Andy drops that on well, him.
1: If Onfara wins, I hope he angles toward either an Adonis rematch, maybe a fight with Better beeve There's some people there in, uh, on the Heyman side at 175. quick and interesting. Saturday afternoon, Rafe on uh, on NBC, PBC on NBC. We're looking at an afternoon card from Fairfax, Virginia, headlined by Lamont Peterson coming off the loss to DSG, in which I thought he got robbed against Felix Diaz in a twelve-round welterweight bout. I know this fight isn't going to move you. I don't know much about Felix Diaz. I don't think a lot of people do. Although we did get a decision over Gabriel Bracero, who just we uh, saw that knockout, just had that knockout of Daniel O'Connor in the rematch uh, um, on Saturday. I want to tell you this though on the undercard, forty-year-old Jimmy Lang of contender <laughs> fame of the contender. <laughs> is in an eight-round bout there? Uh, do you care?
0: No, I can't. I can't bring myself.
1: All right. I think that's all we should say about this card. Moving <laughs> on to Saturday, Rafe, we've talked about this fight in the past. It's gonna, it's Golovkin-Lemieux, HBO pay-per-view from Madison Square Garden in New York, 9 p.m. Eastern. Great co well, I got Douglas the chills, Tito,
0: baby. I got the chills. Gonzalez
1: against Brian Valoria for the flyweight title. Golovkin-Lemieux, what you haven't said already, what can you say about this fight? Oh my God!
0: Well, I mean, we were talking about Triple G the whole time, and and, and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that David Lemieux is aware of how much hype Triple G has gotten coming into this fight, and and uh, and uh, you know, I, I hope that he brings that sort of chip into his shoulder, that pride, that confidence, that he's the guy with the power to uh, to change the to to, to change what. What it's been like to fight Triple G in the past, and, and we get uh, a, a you know a really exciting fight where both guys come forward and they let their hands go and they fight. You know they're they both they've both trained to the to, to you know to, to be the best versions of themselves, and uh, the the fans just get a, a, a great show. Uh, a, you know I hate to okay. say big drama show, uh, <laughs> but you know what these guys are fun to watch on their own, and it's great oh, yeah. to have them in the ring together.
1: Look, the HBO hype train is pushing the narrative. Abel Sanchez, the trainer of Golovkin, is doing the same, that we're looking at a Hagler-Hearns type fight. I'm not going to push that narrative. That's asking a lot of everybody involved. It's almost, in some ways, insulting. I get what they're trying to do. But even if this plays out in the more realistic Canelo-Kirkland type of way, It's still a a bonus. It's still a, like I said in the beginning, a fight that you kind of know who you think is going to win already, but you still just want to see it. You still want to see Golovkin against a real puncher, even if it played out one-sided with the Lemieux just going for broke and Golovkin there trying to fight him off, which it may end up doing. It's going to be a fun show. It's just going to be everything you sort of want out of a big fight.
0: With just a, a dope-ass undercard co-main event uh, under it. I mean, like, you know, Brent putting Golovkin back on a card with Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. One the, and two on the ESPN yeah, for pound for Power, I mean, which is a
1: special, you know, that means something to have them both against. For, the, for the
0: boxing fans to see, you know, guys who are that elite on the same card back-to-back uh, against the real opponent, Brian Valoria. I mean, a guy who, you know, Valoria is, is fast, he can punch, he's 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 experienced, you know, he's, he's been up and down comes to win uh, I, I think he does, and I think he you know I'm, I'm hopeful that he makes that, that, that he you know he makes this a fight that he gives us the kind of performance that we go back thinking I know he lost to um, to uh, Estrada um, but you know, I, he, if uh, he
1: afforded himself well in that exactly, fight. I exactly. Mean, you know,
0: exactly. And I and I hope that he looks, you know, he pushes Chocolatito in some of the same ways that Estrada did a few couple years ago. I think ago. this
1: was their best chance of giving Chocolatito a really respected name who was known by a lot of people. That he can and also knock who, out. Who he also can knock out, but someone that's really going to try to win. You know, that there's there's not going to be shenanigans here. I, you know, there's a lot going against Valoria in this, but here's a guy that's going to come and bring it. He's going to he's going to really pressure Chocolatito. That's all you can ask for. Again, Rave, let's slide into prediction mode here, and I want to start at the top: Golovkin Lemieux. How does this fight end? <sighs>
0: Well, I, I'm going to agree with everyone else. I mean, We're probably going to be the last people on the on in the in, in the world and internet to make this prediction, but uh, it, it will end by knockout. And as much I think that, look, if I were a betting man, if I were a gambler, uh, do I think that Lemieux has like a is worth a little bit of money at like these ten to one, twelve to one odds? Like, I, maybe. I mean, like you know, it's he he can punch, you know, the, but. Uh, I like to hold on to my money, which means I, I expect Triple G to uh, to win by knockout. I, I could see maybe five rounds. I mean, a, a, and uh, we talked to Gabriel Rosado earlier saying, and he, he thinks it could be, you know, he said Triple G's not going to be playing around. Like, if he can take him out in the first round, he will. He knows yeah, this is he's a not real gonna, opponent. this is not
1: going to be Monroe. This is he's not like, going to be, on.
0: hey, take one shot at my chin here and see what happens.
1: Well, this fight's fun because both sides of the argument are true. Is this somewhat of a, not a mismatch is a bad word, but somewhat of a slanted fight toward a heavily favored Golovkin, yes, because Lemieux's not going to outbox him, and he's not as big of a puncher as Golovkin, and he's not as versatile and dangerous, but at the same time, it's still a really dangerous fight, because if I'm going to have an underdog in there, I want a guy who can punch, and what Rosado said is true, Lemieux puts everything he has into every punch, He's a he's a live dog every single situation. I think yeah. Go ahead. Well, uh, and I think because of that, he's going to have a few moments where he really does test test Gennady's chin. We're going to see Gennady really get hit by some hard square shots. I just tend to believe that Gennady's chin is all as advertised to, to be, and I think the more Lemieux tries to win the more it's going to, you know, it's going to set The more set up fun it's going to get, yeah. The more fun it's going to get and the closer he's going to get. So, you know, what's your round on the knockdown? I said
0: five. I said five. Uh, I- I'm right with you on
1: there. TKO five is my official prediction. I it think we're going to see a couple of knockdowns and then that's just going to be it.
0: One interesting thing about Lemieux that, that I thought of and thinking back to what we were talking about with uh, with Gabe Rosado, he, uh, you know, that that he can land one punch that, injures you that changes the way uh his opponent has to approach the fight you know he might only say he's getting destroyed through three rounds not looking you know looking like he's not he's being outclassed and going and going out soon lands one punch that that does something like you know like may cut cut Golovkin badly or exactly. you know or or give him like some sort of a, a facial injury which I don't wish upon either man but it but. could change the 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 fabric of a fight in in, in an instant and you yeah. it'll have to bring and it could bring something out of Golovkin and that's the, I think that the most you seen.
1: can ask for as a fan is that Gennady has to go through some form of adversity. And if that's just him walking through a couple flush shots where he's got to pause for a second, shake his head, and be like, whoa, even if it's just that, you just want to see Gennady, I guess you want to see him take Lemieux's best stuff and then have to adjust to that and win the fight, right? Right. For so that's sure. not asking too much.
0: All right, so here's in the, the sort of even easier one on uh, the undercard, the co-main. Chocolatito, Roman Gonzalez uh, against uh, Brian Villoria, Hawaiian Punch. Uh, I
1: think Villoria hangs around for, for more than a lot of people are going to give him credit for. I think it's going to be another mid-to-later-round stoppage. I'm going to give you the eighth round where we do see the stoppage. We do see all the reasons why Chocolatito is as amazing as he is. But I also think that this is a big fight for Valoria, you know, a chance to really get in front of some big eyeballs. Remember the Flywits, they don't get on TV a lot. On you know, HBO they don't, on the, they don't on get HBO under, on a Golovkin, on
0: undercard, for sure. So I
1: think we're going to see the, everything that's left in the Valoria tank, and that's going to push that into about the eighth round, but he does get stopped because this guy is everything. And then some Chocolatitos for real. I'm sick of people... In response to him getting number one pound for pound, coming up with reasons why he shouldn't be that high, just get get over it. The guy's for real. He's he's nasty.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm I can't bring my. I'm you know I, part. Of, I, I'm always like I want to do something counterintuitive. I want to do something clever, but I'm not crazy enough to to pick against uh, the the guy a guy that good against uh, Chocolatito
1: Gonzalez. Your JoJo Dan wounds are yeah, showing. Yeah, yeah.
0: I haven't I haven't quite gotten over that one. Um, but uh yeah so uh I think uh I, I think it could actually go a little bit longer I I, I Veloria you know I think I think he's going to fight well have some moments fight smart uh not you know and and sort of get broken down uh and I think maybe like a 10th round stoppage for Gonzalez
1: Interesting uh do you care to wager any uh predictions on any of the other PBC fights you think it's going to be all the favorites all the way through
0: Well who's what about Fanfara Cleverly that's a tricky one
1: I don't think it's a little bit tricky I think Cleverly's just not shinned now, I mean, Fanfar is not a recklessly dangerous puncher, but he, you know, we saw he Floyd Stevenson. He, he can hurt you, so I think that is going to get stopped in the in the second. Yeah, uh, half.
0: The, the thing that uh, my, I would say that the, the the other red flag there is uh, Clev has been, you know, uh, at 175 up to cruiser, and now back to 175, mm-hmm. and it, that that, that kind of like uh, those shenanigans rarely mean a good thing for a fighter. Uh, so I will say uh, Fanfar as well. I actually think you know we uh, I, I I I'm not rooting for this but I could see sort of a flat performance for bo- from both guys. Although Andy is fighting in Chicago in front of a rabid Polish crowd. Uh, and by so, rabid
1: Polish crowd, do you mean James Foley, our friend uh, at uh, Bad Left Hook there?
0: Without a doubt. The most rabid uh, rabid fan of Polish fighters, whether or not he has a uh, Polish heritage, we know. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Fanfara, I hope it doesn't turn into a flat performance. I just have one of those, you know, hunches. uh, And he wins by uh, decision just because, uh, you know,
1: boxing is cruel to us. Well, look, we've been previewing this Golovkin Lemieux fight in separate ways for a bunch of weeks. Now it's finally happened. You and I are going to be on the ground at NYC. Fans can follow our. Our experiences on Twitter, right? Rafe at, hey, at
0: Rafe Boogs at, at B Campbell ESPN both we, on Twitter. Let's maybe drop. we'll
1: drop a periscope on someone or two. Uh, yo, know, if we we'll... get
0: another picture with uh, with TV Johnny, you better tweet it this
1: time. Absolutely, well, all celebrities are going to get tweeted out, including Eric Raskin. So uh, <laughs> we're going to, uh, you know, we'll be on the ground there. You'll see our coverage. It's going to be it's going to be a good time. All it, right, it, that's
0: that's going to be it, man. This is this is exciting. I can't the fun talking about Triple G. I can't wait to see him in the ring, and I can't wait to see a good fight with David Lemieux. Um Whew, thank you, everybody. Uh, this has been another, another episode of The Ropes. Uh, thank you, Gabe Rosado, for calling in and, and sharing so much about his career and, and his sort of expertise about Triple G and David Lemieux. Uh, thank you, everybody here at the Grantland Network. Uh, Joe Alvarez, Joe Fuentes, David Jacoby, uh, everybody for putting it together. Thank everybody who listens to this. Uh, you know, go online, go on, go on iTunes, get in the, get in the store, uh, and, uh, rate us, review us do all those little things that help us look good to the bosses. And uh, hopefully we'll just keep on coming back with more and more hits.
1: Yeah. Tell your friends. All right. No we bad. out. Thanks.
2: Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcasts.